Hey listeners, if you've been listening to our recent episodes, you've been hearing about the epic sci-fi book series Shadowed Stars by author Stephen Couch. We're so excited to have Stephen as a partner of Real Talk A Movie Podcast because Shadowed Stars incorporates all the aspects of storytelling that most of us movie fans love. As the movie buddy always says, he likes when the story transports the audience to a different world, and that's exactly what Stephen is doing with the book series. Shadowed Stars is an epic science fiction series, but as we learned on our recent interview series episode with Stephen, he likes to incorporate other genres into his books, such as romance, horror, action, and even westerns, which I love that approach. Now, I do want to caution that Shadowed Stars is for a mature audience, so I don't recommend tucking the kids into bed while reading chapters from the book. It being for a mature audience is another aspect that I think is very unique, as we normally don't get that with other sci-fi epics. Stephen has eight numbered books planned in the series. The odd-numbered books will focus on one line of characters. The even-numbered books will focus on another line of characters, with some cameos mixed in. This helps to keep the stories fresh and the character arcs forming over the entire series. Listeners, I can't encourage you enough to check out Shadowed Stars. Book 1 is available now, and so is Book 2, Shadowed Stars, The Reign of the Black Guard. Stephen is hopeful that Book 3 will be available by the end of 2021. Now, where can you purchase these books? Book 1 and 2, again, available now. Head over to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Walmart, iTunes, you name it. For more information on Shadowed Stars and author Stephen Couts, visit ShadowedStarsBooks.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Real Talk, a movie podcast. We are your go-to source for ratings and recommendations of past and present films. I am your host, Wes Jones, podcasting from Bowling Green, Kentucky. Hey, this is Tommy, podcasting straight from Nashville, Tennessee. The movie buddy Conway, podcasting from Bowling Green, Kentucky. Hey, Real Talk listeners. Thank you for downloading this episode of the show. This is episode 43, and we're going to be reviewing the new. And we've been doing these for a while. I'm sure most of our listeners know what these episodes are like. But if this is your first time listening to a reviewing the new episode, this is where the group, we are going to give you spoiler-free reviews of some of Hollywood's newest films. I have to say I've really enjoyed doing these episodes. I've went off the rails the last two times, maybe went a little overboard with my seething hate for a couple of new movies that I've seen. I'm going to try to keep it a little bit more calm, a little more positive tonight. I'm not working with the best material, so it might be hard. But anyway, gentlemen, thanks for being with me tonight. How's things going? Pretty good. Like I told you, Wes, I, uh, I'm trying to get the energy for this podcast because I – Shark Week takes so much energy. I build it up for weeks. I just stare at sharks. And, you know, it's just now I'm trying to regain that strength after putting all that energy out there. <laughs> well, I, I say thanks for being with me because, I, I mean, I missed you guys like when we're when we're not doing episodes. I mean, we've been putting episodes out pretty regularly and I just like I look forward to it. Like you guys watch movies that sometimes I don't have any interest in. 
and sometimes you sway me and then other times I'm like man like I'm so glad Gabe watched Fast 9 so I didn't have to to mess with that <laughs> movie so I mean these is this is just great oh that's good I have a little joke about Fast 9 coming up <laughs> T-Man what about you how's things going uh things are going good guys just uh, recovering from Shark Week that t- also took a lot out of me. Uh, not because I put a lot into it; it just literally drained my soul. I don't feel like I'm the same person anymore. Just you know, sometimes you know those movies, you know those horror movies that always do that scene where they look in the mirror and like something's just off with the person, like they're possessed or something. Like the mm-hmm. the camera goes shaky. That's like me when I look in the in the mirror now. Like I'm just not the same person as I was. <laughs> Before Shark Week. <laughs> I'm glad y'all reminded me we did that episode. I'd already blocked it out of my mind. <laughs> well, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I've tried. It was a lot of fun. Gabe, let me ask you this, man. Um, yeah. Forget the jokes. I'm done. Let's quit trying to be funny. What, okay. Are we done with Shark Week? Like, have you gotten out of your system? Or are we doing it again next year? Like, what's the deal here? You know, I, tr- you know, honestly, I do love sharks. I, I, my dream is to get you and Wes in a cage in the ocean with great whites surrounding us. Like that, that would be like my end goal. But yeah, until we can get that to happen, I think we're going to have to do shark week every year just to get you guys amped up for it. <laughs> okay. All right. So it's either, or keep doing shark week or get us in the cage in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, these are great. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what option I like like better. I'll have to think on this. It's it's true 50-50. Well, for those of you who are in the Bowling Green area, we're going to be covering 1984's Dune. And we've got a very special guest. Very excited for that episode. But we've got a little sweetener on that episode as well. So, again, if you're in the Bowling Green area, we have partnered with our local movie, comic book, toy store called The Great Escape again, which is here in Bowling Green, and we are doing a giveaway, a raffle partnership with them, and we've got some great items. We're giving away a $50 gift card, a $25 gift card, Blu-rays, toys, all kinds of stuff. So if you're listening to this episode and you haven't seen the posts on Facebook or Instagram, go on over to Facebook or Instagram, look up The Great Escape Bowling Green, and like the post. That's it. That's all you have to do, and you're entered into the raffle. And then we're going to announce... The winners on the next episode, again, that'll be episode 44. We're covering 1984's Dune. All right, so enough of these introductions. Let's get down to the brand new movies. And T-Man, why don't you kick us off tonight? All right, so the first movie that I want to talk about with you guys is the very recent, literally I think just came out last week, Netflix movie called Worth. So this is a movie that stars the great Michael Keaton, um, And here is the plot summary if you haven't really kind of checked it out yet on Netflix. So following the horrific 2001 attacks on the World Trade Center and Pentagon, Congress appoints attorney and renowned mediator Kenneth Feinberg to lead the September 11th Victim Compensation Fund. And so he is tasked with managing this fund, and he faces the impossible task of determining what people's life life's worths are basically from a financial standpoint to help their families um, who suffer from those incalculable losses. Um, and of course, Feinberg, as a lot of these stories go, he kind of learns about himself and about others as he progresses throughout the story. Now, 
this is a movie that kind of snuck on up on me, guys. I'll be honest with you. I hadn't, I'd heard about it maybe like a year ago. I think I'd read a review. It was playing at some film festivals and I guess Netflix bought it. And I just saw it on Netflix the other day. Of course, we have September 11th, just right around the corner of the 20th anniversary. So I think that's one of the reasons why they just released it on Netflix. And I'll be honest with you. Um, this is a really good movie. I was really impressed how emotional and how dramatic it was. So some of you all may be familiar with the 9-11 Compensation Fund. And of course, they've had other funds since then, especially for first responders. I know um, the most recent one got a lot of publicity because Jon Stewart has really been proactive and out there trying to um, really rally people for that support. And this movie is all about really how the fund was created and then how it was basically delved out to the family members. And it was, you know, so emotional watching the film because it's something that, you know, we've seen a lot about 9-11. We've read about it, seen movies. A lot of us were alive and experienced it firsthand, whether watching on TV or whatever it may be. But this is one of those stories that doesn't get a lot of publicity. But when you think about it, you're like, wow, that's really true. How impactful and how important that fund really is and how life-changing it could be and how dramatic it could be. And this movie does a really good job of kind of portraying that. Michael Keaton is really excellent as, um, you know, Kenneth Feinberg, who of course is a real person. And he learns about himself because in the beginning of the movie, he's kind of a stickler for what he thinks the fund should be in the formula. And then as through the movie progresses, he gets to know more of the families. Um, he learns more about himself and he figures out what ultimately the fun should be. Don't want to ruin anything as you watch the movie. But if you really want a, um, I guess, an emotional drama that is totally different than what they release in movie theaters nowadays, it seems. Um, I would highly recommend you watching, especially with 9-11 just around the corner. Um, I think people will really find something interesting out of this movie. I don't know if you guys have had an opportunity to watch the movie or if you've seen the trailer for it yet. I have not, but, <clears throat> you know, I'm always torn on 9-11 movies, and maybe this is weird of me. It's like I don't like people capitalizing off 9-11, but I do like cinema, you know, making us remember because I do think we learn from our past. So, like, I don't know, in a weird way, I've watched a lot of 9-11 films, but I'm always a bit torn on it. I don't, am I the only one? Uh, I mean, I don't know if you're the only one. I think, I mean, I guess you could look at it two ways, Gabe, and I, and I think I don't want to speak for you because you have, everybody's kind of their own person when it comes to that. I mean, I think you could make that argument about any horrific event in yeah, human true. history. I mean, World War II, World War One. I. I think for you and for us, yeah. who lived through it, it's probably a little rawer and a little, you know, it's a little more personal for us because we were exposed to it, you yeah, know, in probably, our lives. That being said, I have seen a lot of those movies, actually pretty much all of them. So I probably will for sure check it out. Well, I was just going to say to that point, like I said, to each your, you know, if you feel that way, I completely respect that. Uh, but I will say, I don't think this movie is in, in any way exploitative or anything along those lines. It's very respectful and it really shines a light on um, those family members, which I think is something that gets missed in a lot of talk yeah. around 9-11 uh, about 
you know, these were real people that died and they had real families. And what happens to those families after those individuals die? And I think that this movie really shines a light on that. A lot of the 9-11 movies, whether it's, you know, Zero Dark Thirty or the World Trade Center, the Oliver Stone movie or whatever it is, they maybe they don't shine the light as much on the after effects of the families and what they had to go through as this movie does. Um, and, it, and it's really just, like I said, an emotional movie that I think respects those families and kind of honors them in a way also. T-Man, I'm definitely going to check this one out. Uh, <clears throat> I was in college whenever 9-11 happened, and I was actually getting ready to go to class. I got back from the showers and was getting dressed. My roommate had the TV on. He's like, man, check this out. Uh, a plane hit the World Trade Center. And he's like, it's it's a pretty big deal. And so I, I just stopped and watched for a little bit. And, I mean, it wasn't – I wasn't watching it maybe five minutes and the other plane flew into the tower. I, I think for all Americans that that day really, really changed us, really changed the country. Uh, it changed the way that we uh, approach war. Uh, it, it, in a way, kind of started the divide of our country with the way things that were, were being handled after that. And of course, it's just snowballed from there. But uh, obviously, it didn't just change our world or our, our, our country. It changed the entire world. And so it's a it's a huge event. I'm actually watching through the documentary that's on Netflix right now, which um, is really, really good. I, I wasn't going to plan to even talk about that tonight, but I, I do want to recommend that documentary on 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 Netflix. So I'm definitely going to watch this movie whenever you said that it was done tastefully and respectfully, then, you know, I, I definitely want to want to check it out. Obviously, the big, biggest event in in our lifetimes and could potentially be in all of our lifetimes so kind of crazy i don't know what i did september 12th and i don't know what i did september 10th but i sure know what i did on september 11th of uh, 2001 so yeah well and a special real talk shout out to all of our since this will come out around 9 11 to all of our firefighters our police officers and our you know army and navy first responders yeah. first responders that Absolutely. were involved in that now that uh, we're all kind of uh, depressed and down and stuff a little bit. Gabe, you got anything to, to rescue the mood? All right, guys. <clears throat> yes, I do. And, <laughs> and I got to be honest with you. I'm so excited about this review. So the whole reason I wanted to do a podcast is I wanted to talk about movies with negative reviews that I liked. And it seemed to happen a lot. But then the theaters got shut down. We started this silly thing, and it seemed like like no movies that were being poorly reviewed I liked anymore. And I was like, well, I'm never going to get to do this. Like, I've gotten to do the opposite. I've gotten to, you know, Fast 9 was positively reviewed, and I got to give it a negative review on here. But I didn't get to do the opposite. So pretty pumped about this one. So the movie I'm going to talk about is Reminiscence. And I went and saw it in the theater by pure accident. They've been messing up our times. And I was going to see Candyman, and Reminiscence was the only thing on, and I had a window where I could go see it. So I checked out the movie Reminiscence, and its director, Lisa Joy, I think this is her first movie. She did the, um, I think she does a show on... Um, Westworld. Westworld. That's what it is. I didn't know much about her. I didn't really know what to expect. But a lot of the negative reviews, it's got like a 34% on Rotten Tomatoes. One critic that gave it a negative review... He said, this had been done before. And I looked at her profile, and she had rated every Marvel movie high and every Star Wars high. 
and gave this a splat because it had been done before. And I was like, you know, I like the Marvel movies and I like the Star Wars movies, but those have, I'm not buying it because those have literally been done before. And <laughs> you're saying you didn't like this movie because it had been done before. It reminded me a lot of a 90s movie. You know, it, it, it uh, let me think of one. Uh, what's that? Hey, Tommy, what's that magic movie with Hugh Jackman also in it? Oh, the Prestige. Prestige, one of my all-time favorite movies. Couldn't think of it. I drew a blank. I don't know why. <laughs> Loves it so much. Doesn't even know the name. Yeah. How many assists? I want to count how many assists I can give Gabe in this review. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> but Your stats anyway, are looking good, T Man. That's looking good. It. Me and T T Man have both seen this movie, and we both said, you know, it reminded me of a '90s movie. And we were talking about it. it's got a it's it's really gotten a poor support in the theater. You can check it out on HBO Max, but like. We were talking about it. People don't go see these movies anymore. Do you guys know why? Like, just the raw 90s, like, original idea, you know, kind of sci-fi thriller or thriller movies. Why do people not go see those? I don't know, man, but I, I miss, I like those type of movies. And, yeah, we talked about it. This does feel like a 90s film. It reminds me of, like, that movie that I mentioned to you, Strange Days, that, like, I think it came out in 95, that probably I don't think anybody even saw, but it's like Hollywood just used to make more of those type of movies. And I think really they just didn't think the money's in it anymore. And honestly, this movie bombed. So I guess they're probably right. The critics like their, their thing was this had been done before. And I guess you could say time travel in movies has been done before multiple times. Basically this isn't time travel. They're doing things called reminiscences and Hugh Jackman has this machine. And basically this lady comes in and a story ensues because he goes back and sees a reminiscence of this lady. And from then on, you don't know if you're in real time, you're in reminiscence time and it goes through like these cycles and this woman becomes a true mystery. And there's really nothing more to the story than that. The mystery, the shroud of mystery surrounding this girl. And she has like all kinds of things that, you know, she has to deal with and horribleness in her life. And, and it's just, I don't know. It, it, I think it's brilliant, but I can understand people saying it's been done before, but I, I'm going to come in at an, and I, and I mean this an eight out of 10. And I think a lot of people should go see it. Dang, 8 out of 10. That's strong, Gabe. Well, I would say that um, I did see it, and I, I did enjoy it. Like, it, it basically meant what I thought it would be, which was a, um, you know, an original sci-fi story that had some really good visuals. It takes place in Miami that's been flooded. Oh, so, basically, it. like, streets are just water, and they travel around in, like, little boats. So, that was really cool. Really well, you know, production value is great. I always love Hugh Jackman. He always gives, you know, just good performances. He's just a movie star. You know, he's not like a great actor. He's a great movie star, in my opinion. So I always love him in movies. And while the critics are right, it's nothing that original. It's still fun. It's, you know, I like those type of stories. I enjoyed it. It's something that we don't get to see a lot in movies, which is just an original story that has an ending and is not trying to be a sequel and you can sit there for two hours and be satisfied yeah the cinematography is great and to your point i would watch hugh jackman yodeling while fighting crime if it was a movie because he's good in everything that he's in good old huge jacked man <laughs> well guys this one kind of sounds like a red box round to me but uh 
Sounds like both of you liked it. I think that's what everybody else said, too. (laughs) (laughs) Even with Gabe trying his best, Gabe, you did a good job, bud. But I don't know if you missed anybody. I did it my best. Gabe, Gabe, with the dunk, assist from T-Man, Wes looks on unsatisfied with the finish. Uh, (laughs) All right. (laughs) We'll move into... To my first review of the night, and again, I'm, I always try to bring at least one horror review to these episodes, and it's kind of a big one. I'm going to be talking about Candyman, and Candyman is a supernatural slasher film. This is according to Wikipedia, in case they, they want to sue our podcast that literally makes, we average about 10 bucks a year so far. A supernatural slasher film directed by Nia DaCosta. And written by Jordan Peele, Wynn Rosenfeld, and DaCosta. And this is this is a movie that's supposed to be a direct sequel to the 1999 film. I'm sorry, 1992 film of the same name. And it's the fourth movie that's in the Candyman series, which this is actually the only the second one that I've seen. I really had no interest in watching the sequels from the 90s that were not very well received. I really like the original Candyman from, uh, again, from 1992. And it's all based on the short story, The Forbidden, by Clive Barker. And Clive is a very interesting uh, director, great storyteller, I think. Very interesting films that, that he comes up with. The movie stars Yahya Abdul-Mateen II. Tiona, Paris, Nathan Stewart, Jarrett, Coleman, Domingo, and then it's got some cameos of Vanessa Williams, Tony Todd, and Virginia Madsen. So I had high hopes for this movie, again, because, like I said, I I enjoyed the original. It had a pretty strong trailer, I thought. I went on a Sunday night at 9 o'clock. I was actually off the next day. Actually, it was 9.30 the start time. I was off the next day. Pretty decent little crowd there, and the movie has done well at the box office. I think it is the first uh, movie directed by an African-American woman to go number one at the box office. So pretty cool milestone there, and that statistic actually surprised me. Maybe it shouldn't have, but um, I know there's a lot more women uh, women of color getting into directing and things like that. So it just – that statistic – it, it it surprised me, but I will say that Nia did an excellent job with the direction of the film. I really appreciated uh, the visuals and and the shots and stuff that that she did. Great camera work, and I also thought that our lead character, who again is played by Yahya Abdul Mateen II, he was a really good actor. I really appreciated his performance. The movie, in my opinion, it falls a little flat. Number one is supposed to be a horror film, and the it's really not scary at all. And a lot of times, slasher films are not scary; they're they're more fun. This one, though, I don't know the the scares that they they tried to do they just weren't executed very well. And that's always a big thing with me whenever you're going to make a horror film. It either either needs to be super fun, like Don't Breathe. Or it needs to be scary, like a Hell House LLC. I don't really like ones that that kind of fall in between. They're just kind of meh. I also feel that the movie, of course, was trying to make a social, political type statement. 
And whenever you're going to go for something like that, you really have to stick the landing. And I think you really have to story has to unfold and it has to feel genuine and it has to feel real. And in my opinion, they do not do that with this movie. I kind of feel like their statement that they are going for in the movie, and I don't want to say it. Number one, I don't want to get into that. But then number two, it kind of ruins the last uh, part of the of the film. It just feels kind of cheap. It just doesn't feel very well thought out. It, it just kind of crammed in there and rushed. And I really just don't like what Candyman is supposed to mean. So... Overall, I'm just going to come in at about a five and a half, possibly six, because the movie did look really, really good. Very, very technically sound. But overall, just just very disappointed. Thought it was going to be a lot more. And uh, again, if you're going to if you're going to make a big statement like that, I really think that you've got to you've got to have your material buttoned up and really stick the landing. And this one uh, does not. Either of you seen Candyman, agree, disagree with my thoughts on it? I was supposed to see it with you, and then I was supposed to see it another time and got the wrong time. I have not seen it yet, but I did say Candyman in front of a mirror five times as a kid, and the original one frightened me to my core because my buddy dared me to, so I will definitely check it out at some point. Gabe hasn't seen the movie, but he has done the Candyman thing. The one thing you're not supposed to do. Yeah. (laughs) Gabe's like, you know what? I don't need to see the movie, guys. I'm just gonna say it five times in my mirror. I, I, you know, I'm really frightened of like toilets and bathrooms now from that first one. You know, you know. So like, anytime I'm in there, I'm always looking up at the ceiling, just making sure nothing's like congealing. Oh, wow, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I've seen it less. I saw it also. And I think you're, you know, there's not much I disagree with you on it. You know, I think um, I thought it was going to be a lot better than it was. It wasn't scary. It, it had some good, th- I thought it had some good themes and some interesting commentary, but it just, it, it was kind of all over the place and it never really gelled. I didn't think, like you said, and it just wasn't very scary. Well made, well acted. Um, and I appreciate kind of what it was going for. I just don't know if it got there is the best way I can put it. So do you think, I know you normally don't give ratings, but do you kind of feel like I, I'm pretty close on my rating? Like I just kind of barely liked it. Yeah, I'd give it like if I, if I was going zero out of 10, I'd give it like a five to five and a half, six, somewhere around there. Probably right where you were at five and a half, I think is probably a fair for me. Like I, said, I know a lot of other people liked it, but just for me, it just did. Actually, a movie I'm going to talk about here, a movie I, in a minute, I liked a lot more from a horror movie standpoint. Well, I will. How about you just head right on into that review? I think it's your turn oh. again. Heck yeah. Talk about transitions. There we go. You don't even have to edit that, Wes. See, usually people don't know. Usually we have to edit, you know, hours upon hours of footage. Um, audio. And we still get such crap transitions. We still get such crap transfers. And what a lot of people do is still just crap material. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but all right. All joking aside, the other movie I saw. Uh, last week was called The Night House. So this is a horror movie that came out just, I think, a couple weeks ago. And it stars Rebecca Hall. And basically, the basic plot is 
is reeling from the unexpected death of her husband, Beth is left alone at the lakeside home he built for her. She tries her best to keep it together, but disturbing visions of a presence in the house call to her, beckoning Beth with a ghostly allure. And this is a movie that I'd read a couple of reviews and, and they were pretty high on it. Um, it's a it's an independent art house horror film. So it, I think it premiered at Sundance last year. And I, I was like, oh, it looks pretty interesting. And I just want to kind of go to a movie, see something. And I went and watched it and it's a, and I really enjoyed it. I'll be completely honest with you. It's a lot scarier than Candyman. It's it knows how to scare people, I think, is the best way I can put it. Like it does really well with the audio. Um, just there's not like tons of jump scares, but there's a few that it really got me in the theater. But it's not like a horrific movie by any means. It's it's really kind of a classic ghost story. Um, and it, it does a really good job of painting Rebecca Hall's character Beth. She's reeling from her husband's death, who committed suicide, and and that is so so horrific to her and you don't know as an audience is the horrificness of his death messing with her mind in other words is her mind creating all of this or is this really happening in her house in other words are the visions are the sounds are those things she's seeing experiencing um is it in her mind or is it really happening? And then as you go along in the plot, there are more twists and turns. Um, there's a, a big twist with the house. I don't want to say much about that. And ultimately, I I found it's not really a twist because you kind of know where this is going about halfway through. But I found I really liked kind of where it went, I guess is the best way I can put it. You know, some horror movies... I don't like where they go. They're like, oh, that was kind of dumb, or eh, I don't know if I liked it, or I don't know if I bought it. I liked where this went. Like, I, I liked the ghost aspect. I liked the twist. And I liked where basically the ambiguity, like the ambiguity, I can't say that word, ambiguous um, nature. Ambiguity. There you go, Gabe. See, Gabe, Gabe with the assist. See. Whoa. See, yes. There we go. Becoming a guys. team, guys. Teamwork. Uh, But yes, that aspect of the plot and of the ending, I really liked. And I can see how some people may be like, ah, that was, I don't know if I liked that. That was kind of, there wasn't a lot there. Or I don't know. I think it depends on the viewer if you're really going to like where they go and kind of what the meaning of the story is. But if you're interested in checking out an original ghost story that is scary enough and, you know, kind of a smaller type film, with some excellent acting, really good direction. Uh, I would highly recommend you check out The Night House. It's in theaters right now. Um, it's not on any streaming, so you will have to check it out in theaters if you want to check that movie out. We, unfortunately, did not get this movie here in Bowling Green. And I actually checked just now to see if it was going to come out this weekend, and it's not. So I did see some information on this um, a few days ago, and it, and it pique my interest so obviously i will definitely be checking this one out hopefully it'll come to shutter or something like that relatively soon but um yeah great review and i'll uh, definitely be watching this one and one thing i forgot to say uh and since we've had back-to-back horror film reviews uh we've got a big one coming out this weekend and so the next time we do a review in the new i will have you a review for that and James Wan is making his return to horror with the new film *Malignant*. Monster Man too. 
Aquaman 2. And yeah, that first one was <laughs> first definitely one was horrific so for people to see. Anyway, sorry. Well, no, 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 you're good. Well, let's do a movie talk about it. It's uh, malignant. We'll Darn be. you, Bowling Green Theaters, for taking Nighthouse away from us and The Green Knight. All these movies T-Man's <laughs> recommending. Man, that really... I cannot believe they did not get The Nighthouse. Well, no joke. We're getting... I just looked, and only four movies are playing at the yeah. theater closest to my house because they literally have a showing for Malignant about every hour this weekend. And it's like, wow. we don't need that. Like, there's... Yeah. They're not all just like one screen, one showing of the night house. Like surely one would be okay. We just get one, even one of the little small ones that it's at, you know, the furthest walk you know, to get to. Could it not even be in that one? (laughs) Right. Wow. Gabe, your second film. All right, guys. You know, I take the bullets for this team. And so here's what, what was happening. I was, you know, I wanted something just to be on the TV while I was setting my fantasy football stuff, I was, you know, doing the waiver wire ads and stuff like that. And so I wanted to be able to, like, have something on while doing that. So I chose the number one movie out right now on Amazon Prime, and it's Cinderella. And I was, so don't, don't judge me. You know, I was doing something manly while I was, you know, watching Cinderella, the prom video. This, is, this isn't playing well. Let me try one other avenue. Okay, First so, off, Gabe, none of this is true. You <laughs> told me... The other night that you were excited to watch Cinderella. You didn't say anything about you're doing fancy football or anything else. I think you were glued in to it. I I might have watched the trailer and had a little bit of excitement in my bones. But let let me try. Let me try another. So so I had just finished the third Fear Street installment. By the way, love that trilogy. Um, I even liked how it tied up. But I was working in my attic later that day because I was putting this floor stuff down. And, you know, I got a little frightened. And so sometimes I have to watch happy stuff after I watch scary stuff just to get me out of the scary mode. You you guys do that, right? Yeah, I, I can see it. Okay. Uh-huh. Anyway. Not usually. Okay. Well, you know, it's, <laughs> I, I've manned it up enough. All right. So, honestly, I did not love the first song on this one. It is a giant musical about Cinderella. It's a story that has for sure been told before. It has some different twists. It has a bunch of modern songs in it. And they're sung in style. There's dancing. I mean, anytime Amazon does something, it's absolutely stunning. And they spend a ton of money. And I will say the costume design is fantastic. And I really like a lot of the songs in it. Just didn't like the first one. I didn't like how a lot of the songs, you know how like when singers go on too long, they're like, oh, at the end. Like there is some of that. I don't love that. You know what I'm saying, right, Tommy? Yeah, it's like yeah, I know what you're saying. You you could you could have stopped. I get your vocals. You could have stopped a little bit early. There's some of that in there. But what I will say is when the when the movie does need to hit and it's like the romance is starting, the song that they sing during the romance is spectacular. Um, really, I mean, and it's a bunch of like, and I did like the music choices. It's a bunch of '80s, '90s, and 2000s music made into the movie, and I and they did a really good job of picking the songs. Um, so here's what I'm going to say. It's poorly reviewed. It's got a 45% by critics, but however, the audience has given it about a 75%. I am going to come in probably at about a five out of 10, but if you like musicals and modern day music, I think you should check it out. I mean, it's worth a watch. It was entertaining. It reminded me a lot of like when they used to uh, put those big like old re-released movies as musicals like on like ABC 
like when they used to do those big ones. And so it kind of reminded me of like when they used to do that. But I liked it. Um, yeah, I gave it a five. Yeah. Wes, <laughs> Wes, are you convinced? <laughs> it's the number one streaming movie in America. I take the bullet for real talk. You guys aren't even going to try some of this stuff. Well, I've as soon as you're done, I've got one even worse. So uh, <laughs> I give it a well, five. Real, real quick, Gabe, I, I appreciate you taking the bullet for it on this one. I did see the trailer; it looked entertaining. And honestly, if the if the songs were really good, I would watch it. I I've already, you know, the one thing about it is, of course, I don't think we're in the target demo necessarily for it, and I, we've seen the Cinderella story quite a bit. So it's like, do we really need another one? Yeah. I'm sure it's perfectly fine, and I'm sure for its target demos that it's really going for. I'm I'm sure the audiences really do enjoy it. I think it's by the people that made Picture, isn't it? What's the What's the movie about the acapella group? Is it um, picture Jersey or? Boys? No, the <laughs> yeah. Let's Magic, go with that. that Magic one, right. Jack. Sorry, Clint Eastwood. I think he, yeah, Clint Eastwood did Cinderella. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, yeah, whoever made those movies made this, and it looks exactly like that. Um, so good review, Gabe. I appreciate you doing that. If I do watch it, I'll let you know. Yeah. And it's not original songs. It's it's a bunch of you know famous songs made into made into a little bit different for the movie. But you know, I, I think that I think that Tommy will check it out, and I think Wes will secretly check it out and really enjoy singing along with it, and really find you know it quite empowering for him. <laughs> so five out of ten on uh, Cinderella. Yeah, you know, it, it's five a good watch. And I think I think the movie I was thinking of was Pitch Perfect. Pretty close yeah. to Jersey Boy. Yeah. All, all kind of the same. Anyway, yeah. All right. All right well, well, I will. Work. Got next. Yeah, I will uh, to- completely torpedo this episode now. Uh, I don't, again, this is just, this is going to be kind of off the cuff. I really didn't prepare anything for this because I really didn't want to spend much more time thinking about uh, what I have done. And uh, in 1999, Coming of age film came out that uh, was extremely popular. It was never well reviewed by critics. It was never, you know. All right, first off, I already know where you're going, Wes. And yeah, this. Are you sure you want to do this? I'll just. Ask I'm that. not. I have no idea where this I'm is going. Not, I'm intrigued. No, I'm not sure. But okay. I, it's it's All important. Right. It has it's to be important. done. This somebody is the most intrigued I've ever been by since your Sharknado like snippets. All right, so somebody has to do it, and Wes is gonna have. And, and, and I did it. Want to do it? That's right. That's right. So, uh, anyway, in 1999, in high school, same age as these characters, the girl I was dating at the time loved this movie. I watched it with her, and I will admit, I actually it is a guilty pleasure of mine. So if we ever do like guilty pleasures. Uh, well, we do a guilty pleasure series, but that's really where we just destroy movies like uh, uh, like a true guilty pleasure, like a movie that I'm like, man, I'm kind of wish I didn't like that. I actually own it to this day. But the movie I'm talking about is She's All That that came out in 1999. <laughs> Fun movie, right? I am flipping through Netflix the other day and I'm like, what the heck is He's All That? <laughs> I stopped. The same thing happened to me, Wes, but I didn't <laughs> click on it. But I did click on Cinderella, so never mind. <laughs> so I I start watching it, 
And I read the synopsis and, and saw that this is basically a gender reversal of She's All That. And it has um, Rachel Lee. Hold on a second. What's her name? Wes, I, I'm Rachel honest, Lee I, Cook. I did not see this coming. Well, that's why I didn't want to tell y'all beforehand because I wanted to get some genuine reactions on here. I'm that so I impressed with your watch this no. freaking movie. So anyway, Rachel Lee Cook is in it. She was the main star. She she's in this. She plays a mom. It also has uh, Stu from Scream. I really should have prepared better for this. What the heck is his? What the heck is his name? Matthew Lillard. Matthew Lillard. Yes, Matthew Lillard. And uh, he is awesome, and she's all that. He's actually h- freaking hilarious. Uh, Freddie Prinze Jr. is the disaster, as usual, but Matthew Lillard was really funny in that. He played a very tongue-in-cheek character, and it was it was good. So anyway, I'm like, all right, let me, let's let's check this thing out. Let's watch it. And my eyes might have been bleeding by the end of watching this movie. Seriously, on, on a serious note, I don't understand what the heck Netflix is doing because <laughs> it doesn't matter what Netflix movie you're watching. It feels like a Netflix film. I mean, they all look the exact same. I just I feel so bad for teenagers these days with with this type of stuff that comes out. I mean, this movie is bad. Like it is it is it is really bad. The premise of it is actually pretty interesting. I mean, the premise for She's All That was pretty interesting. And now it's like, okay, we're going to take a very popular girl. We're going to get kind of like the the unpopular kid and we're going to turn him into, you know, like a popular prom king kind of kind of deal. I mean, it's like, all right, that's semi-interesting, whatever. And it's just so bad. It stars new it girl Addison Ray, who is a Instagram personality who got famous for her dancing and it stars Tanner Buchanan who I've I've never heard of before and these poor kids they have next to zero chemistry they've got about as much chemistry as like a like a lion and a zebra I mean they just reject each other on the screen even though they're they're trying so hard the dialogue is awful the music is awful the chemistry between the actors is awful and then this was the this the two biggest things. And so I'm going to spoil something real quick. So if you don't want me to spoil, he's all bad. Don't listen to this. I'm, I'm holding my ears right now, Wes. Go ahead. Okay. The two biggest problems that I have with 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 the film just that was even made is number one, Rachel Lee Cook is the mom in this, and she's the mom of the it girl. Remember, and she's all that. She was. The one who was the very unpopular girl that was made pretty and popular and all this kind of stuff. Well, her daughter is the the pretty popular one. As she's doing this, you know, in all of these movies, you have to have that mother-daughter moment or that dad-son moment where they, you know, it's makes the coming-of-age tale. They give their advice and all that. During none of this, does she, Rachel Lee Cook's character, mention, hey, you know, this is really weird you're doing that. Because this happened to me in high school. <laughs> this is what I did. They don't do that <laughs> at all. It's never mentioned. Rachel Lee Cook could have literally been any. It could have been my mom. 
that starred in that role. Like it made zero sense that they would not have that kind of talk or moment about what you're doing and, and all this and that, that made zero sense. Number two, Matthew Lillard's character. His character was a, in the original movie was a MTV personality that one of the girls was just, was dating from the original movie. He was older. He was not affiliated with the school at all. He had nothing to do. He just came to some of the parties and just kind of made a, a jerk of himself. Again, just a, a hilarious character, great character from the original movie. Well, they've brought him back in this movie, and he's now the principal of this school. What? What? And then he says a line in the movie like, well, that's the kind of stuff that happens here. Well, how the hell would you know? You, you you didn't go to school there. You were never a part of this thing. It just it was just the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And I just I'm really guilty that I I feel really guilty that I watched it. So this is basically my confession to the Real Talk listeners. So guys, I'm sorry. Don't watch this movie. The rating would be like maybe a one out of ten simply because they were actually able to get a full length movie made. That's all I got. You've completely sold me. I'm gonna go check it out right afterwards. <laughs> I need to know more. Shaggy is a principal. Nobody, I mean, you've done the opposite. You've intrigued me. Thing number one. Thing number two, the only thing I remember about She's All That is like a specific Freddie Prince porch scene, like in She's All That. Like, and I do remember watching it because there were some attractive women to me at that time in my life in the the movie. So, but uh, I I, I can say I might check it out still. I'm a sucker for a Netflix film. I got so mad Wes. at Netflix. I'm so mad at them. <laughs> say Wes, you know, I, I had, I just, I just didn't expect this from you. You know, I mean, you, you Gabe, could expect it from me. Gabe, yeah, Gabe, if Gabe came in here with he's all that. I'm like, oh yeah, okay. I would help him out with an assist. I, as you noticed, I didn't try to assist you. I wasn't. <laughs> I just had to mute myself and just, just shake my head. I just don't understand. It. I understand. You know, things happen in the Netflix world. You get sucked into a movie, but yeah, I don't know. I saw it honestly. I saw it on the top ten. Of course, I don't believe. No, nobody should ever believe that top ten of Netflix. Nobody knows what the heck. Like that is all fake. First Who all. makes that? Who makes <laughs> that make top it. ten? It's not a Netflix top 10. It's does. Basically, here are the shows we want you to watch or movies. Don't they put like a magazine with it? USA Today top ten or something. So it like makes you feel like a magazine decided it, but it's probably just them. Yeah, it's well. They're saying it's based on views, but I, that's what I'm saying. I don't think it's true. But I saw that it was on there, and I was like, "What is that movie?" I looked it up. I watched about half the trailer, and I got out of there as fast as I got in. You guys so, are way further than me. Yeah, I was like, "I got to get out of this fast." I have <laughs> to know some. So Wes, there's so many questions. I have to know some <laughs> answers to questions. I'm so sorry. Question number one: Did you watch this by yourself or with your wife? Oh, no, no. I watched it with me and my two dogs. And actually, Liam was playing in the floor. Okay, question number two. Were you ever, you know, you have the option, you know, even in net, you've satisfied Netflix's standards per T, man. You can turn it off after 10 minutes. What made you keep going? Well, I did turn it off <laughs> at, at one point. And then I got to thinking to myself, man, this would actually be pretty funny to review this crap on <laughs> reviewing the new. And so I finished it. I, I just, I, again, I really feel like no joke. It's like every time I, I see anything that's a Netflix original film, I don't know what it is. 
Now they're not as bad as this. Don't get me wrong. There are some ones that are better, well, but they all just feel say, the exact same and look the same. I think the part part of that is, I think you make a good off all that funny stuff aside. That is a legitimate question around why do Netflix is why do Netflix movies look and feel the same? And I think from what I've read, it, it's really because of the algorithm that's built in that they know what people want and they try to build movies around that. They know what people like. And so instead of an artist, you know, thinking, you know, this is my artistic vision, movies are now being run by algorithms and computers, which is kind of the death knell in art in a lot of ways. So that's why I really think most, pretty much all movies made by Netflix are, they suck basically. Now, uh, I say a there is a caveat to that. There are movies that Netflix buys. They'll put on their streaming service that they basically pretend are Netflix movies. And one of them is the movie we just talked about earlier, Worth. Mm -hmm. Worth was not yeah. made by Netflix. Right. They right. bought it at a film festival. That's a really good movie, different than what you're talking about. But, I, but Netflix doesn't they won't tell you which is what. Like, you can't tell. All they'll say is, this is a Netflix movie. You don't know. So it's a little deceiving in that way also. And they but do not. that a lot with animated movies, too. I think they did that with Mitchells versus Machines. And then I think they did that yeah. with Vivo. That, Vivo that just came out. The um, That was a pretty good movie. It's it, If you would have shown this movie in the theater, you could even tell in the theater Oh, this is this is a Netflix movie. It was it was made by Netflix. Yeah, and there's yeah. they've got a bunch of them tell. that are just like, like that. I, I don't know what it is. If you drop me into a theater, had no idea what I was gonna sit, what I was gonna see. The movie first comes on, and just a little bit of it shows. I'd be like, okay, that's a Marvel movie, or this is a DC movie, or this is a David Fincher film, or this is a Spielberg film. Like you know, they all have. And it's just weird that Netflix, it's like you can tell now, oh, that's a Netflix movie. And I don't know. I just couldn't get over it. I was like, this is just a carbon copy of just any, every other little trailer, or every other thing that you see on there that's, you know, Netflix original. So anyway, I guess a weird way to, to end the episode. And uh, I just couldn't believe it. And Again, if I didn't love, I, I really do like She's All That. I mean, I, I think it's a it's a it's a fun little little film from the '90s, late '90s era. They had a bunch of those movies like that, and that that was that was one of the better ones. I definitely wouldn't have saw it, but uh, I am a little ashamed I finished it. Yeah, and so I can beat Tommy in the quick review battle. If you want to go watch Protege, <laughs> Protege is fantastic. Yeah, not, not fantastic. Again. It's it's got it's about a six out of ten, but it's it's got Michael Keaton in it. It's pretty exciting. It's about you know a strong woman lead taking down an entire group of people. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> six out of ten. Have you got one of these too? Oh, man, Gabe just took mine. I mean, I did see see Stillwater, the Matt Damon movie, but I you think used I that, that last time. review. Ah, crap. All right, I saw. Okay, I saw a, a really <laughs> fun movie called Free Guy. It's with Ryan Reynolds. And it's <laughs> I did kid. that last year. <laughs> ah, dang it. Uh, I, I don't... I think Gabe got me. 
I, I planned that intentionally. I had one more in case he had another one. I planned that intentionally, and now I'm the new movie king. That's what I'll go by next episode on our Dune episode. <laughs> new- All right, I'll be prepared next time, Dave. This is not the last you've heard from me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, audience, we we hope you enjoyed this episode. We hope you have some takeaways and some some movies you can go and watch. I'm really apologize that I never bring anything that you can that I would actually recommend you go out and see. I'll try to fix that in future episodes. But if you want to help out Real Talk a Movie Podcast and and get us out there for free, all you got to do is subscribe to our show on your favorite podcast platform. You can also leave us a rating or review, and that is almost better sometimes than even the subscription. We'd love it if you did subscribe, rating, and review. That would be the coolest. You can follow us on social media. We're at real underscore cast. We're on Instagram, official Real Talk uh, podcast page, which is ran by friend of the show, Ren Burnett. We're on Facebook, that's really where we, we want you to come and join us on our Facebook group, Real Talk, a movie podcast page. We do most of our posts there and interaction with people. The group continues to grow. We're over 350 members, which we're very excited for, and we just have a lot of fun over there. And finally, we want to thank Ren yet again for designing our new podcast logo, and those logos may wind up on some T-shirts, so be on the lookout for that. And hey, for Wes. us, yo, hey, Wes. real quick, there is one. I just want to give a shout out to uh, our fans out there. Love them. And also, they need to check out a movie called Escape Room. <laughs> Tournament of Champions. <laughs> really interesting, good, low-budget film. Kind of like a uh, Saw <laughs> ripoff. Um, but, you know, that's my uh, last review of the night. So I think I am now the movie king. So and good night, everybody. If you want a good children's movie, Loud House, um, it's spectacular. <laughs> it that movie doesn't even exist, Dave. It and me and Jack watched it the other day, and it really is spectacular. Great music, unique animation. You should really check it out. It's on Netflix right now, and it doesn't feel like a Netflix movie. It's somehow even these episodes we go off the rails. Anyway, audience, for us, that's a wrap.